Welcome to Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. We give vitalistic chiropractors a chance to learn from the best around the world, discovering how they overcame their challenges and achieved success. In order for chiropractic to thrive, we must have thriving chiropractors. Now listen up, it's time to crush the curse. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors. I am Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and today I get to stay in my country again. I get to head to the capital of Canada, Ottawa, Canada, and um, my, I have a very special guest today. And our guest is a graduate of CMCC from 1999, and um, she has a, an amazing story of, of triumph. And We talked a little bit about the underdog curse and how she felt like she went through that whole process as well. Um, in practice. And she's also was a super pivotal help with us coming up with uh, Brandy's new book, Sipping Brandy. And so we'll, we're going to get into all of those things. She's been practice. She's a wonderful chiropractor. And I just want to um, welcome Dr. Sabrina Berkovich to the podcast. Make sure I said that right. You nailed it, Don. You nailed it. <laughs> all right. That's awesome. So how are you doing today? Totally awesome, Don. Thanks so much. I've been looking forward to this interview. So yeah, it's definitely adding and enhancing my day. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing awesome. I'm, gonna, awesome. I'm excited. Let's awesome. get into it. So right. I like to start every podcast off with figuring out how did you even find out about this kooky profession called chiropractic in the first place? <laughs> oh, this is great, actually. So I was in grade, I'm going to say, yeah, probably grade 10, 15 or 16 years old. And long time suffering with headaches first, and then they got really severe to the point where, you know, every medication had been recommended and prescribed to me. And then we reached a point when I was almost 17. I remember this appointment really well. I was with my dad at a final appointment. I say final because they were running out of solutions, right? Or what they call solutions. And so I was at this point with my dad, amazing doctor. I really liked his personality, but I mean, all he could offer me were drugs or surgery. And now we got to the surgery point. So he was like, you know, um, we could fuse Sabrina's neck. <laughs> so, so my dad, may rest in peace, was like, uh, not a chance in hell. How about that? Is that clear enough an answer for you? So we're not going that route. How and old were you at that time? I was seven, not quite 17. 17. It's insane, right? My, and while my growth plates are open, I know that now, like, which is r ridiculous to think, oh, let's fuse <laughs> things that aren't even finished growing and changing and developing. So that in itself is amazing. Wow. And so, you know, my father said, um, you know, I'm going to take you to Ira. And Ira was my cousin's husband who she had just married two or three years previous to this time. And of course he was a chiropractor. And, and I mean, that, that whole experience changed my entire life because all of a sudden, you know, after a few months of regular care, first of all, he was the first professional to show me an x-ray of my completely reversed cervical lordosis. So that was amazing to see. Yeah. And then a few months into care, you know, I'm actually having like a day migraine free. I'm like, whoa, that's what this can feel like. This is so awesome. And I wanted more. So I continued to go and then they were just gone. And I felt other vibrant things in my life. I wasn't getting sick as often. I was very athletic and I still am to this day, but playing on a lot of teams in high school and stuff. And I, I performed better. I mean, I just, I felt like I just was living life, like really thriving in this life. So mm -hmm. I was very intrigued by that. And I thought, you know, if I can help people like this, I would love to do that and be honored to do that. But when I was younger, like I'm going back now to age five, I used to walk around my house and, you know, out in the world saying I wanted to be a pediatrician uh -huh. because I wanted to help kids, right? I really wanted to do that. 
But as I got older and I understood what that meant, you know, dispensing medications or antibiotics or giving shots to little ones, I thought, I don't, I don't, I know that's not helping them and I would not feel right doing that. So I really had to change my whole mindset because also chiropractors, according to many of my family members at that time, were not real doctors. So I thought, oh, I, I better please everyone, you know, and not really pursue the fake doctor route. But it wasn't in my heart. I was betraying myself, you know, like, so yeah. I really, I figured that out when I was at U of T um, doing microbiology and immunology, once again, thinking, you know, I was going to go down this pediatrician route. It didn't feel right. It did not, it wasn't congruent and it didn't resonate anymore. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to apply because I live in Toronto. CMCC conveniently was located in Toronto. I thought, okay, I'm just going to apply to that chiropractic college and see what happens. And I got in like first shot and I thought, oh my God, the chiropractic is actually choosing me. This is yeah. so amazing. And now, I feel that way ever since starting practice. It's incredible. That's so cool. Cause I just going back to that, um, when, so your perceptions about chiropractic, was it like, cause a lot of people I interview that like a lot of times they start youth, like they think it's about migraines or something. Did, did your chiropractor educate you about some of the other oh, benefits? Yes. A hundred percent, Don, like he, well, like I said, right. When he first showed me a picture of my spine or pictures of my spine, that was, that was mind blowing, like mind blown. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and here I am like a teenager, right. You know, everything when you're 17, right. So I did not want to go to the appointment when my dad set up my initial appointment and he was like, well, guess what? You're going, he, he, I don't even think he stopped the car to drop me off at the Pickering office, like where Ira was, Ira was set up. Like he just kind of slowed down, opened the door. And he's like, get out like stupid teenager that knows everything. Right. Yeah. And, and literally that education began right when I first started to see the x-rays that was, yeah. it was world changing, life changing. Cause no one in all the years of symptoms, I had about two and a half really good years of symptoms. Right. Um, no one ever took a picture. You know, I went to physio, uh-huh. I went to like get medications. I went whatever, whatever I did. And no one ever showed me the why they were just trying to stop the what, and they weren't telling me why this was happening. So like, Oh, here, take Imitrex and Amitriptyline and that should really stop the migraines. And you know what it did at the beginning. And then it just wasn't effective anymore. In if that's your goal, like to quell a symptom, wasn't doing that anymore. And then we were like, okay, now what? So unfortunately it was a last resort. It should always be a first resort hands first. That's what I'm always telling patients that, but it was a last resort as is very common for most people. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I entered chiropractic with symptoms but came out on the other side, not only as a chiropractor, but understanding and, and loving the fact that, wow, does it make the whole entire brain, body, everything about you function at such an amazing level, the, the level that we were designed to be thriving at. That's cool. So yeah, it was, I, I'm always interested in that because I had the same similar situation where I got educated about the whole big picture of chiropractic mm-hmm. and then you went to school. So, so then going to school, what, what was like, what was that like um, when you went to school? <laughs> it was, it was very uh, like, it was, it was fascinating because um, like a lot of people, I'm a lifelong student. I love learning new things and I love learning in general. Right. Mm-hmm. So getting to CMCC, I was excited. But unfortunately, as I practice today, and even my first experiences as an associate, when I first got out of chiropractic college, um, those experiences were way more, I guess, vitalistic is the word I'm going to use, like real BJ Palmer, DD Palmer chiropractic, as opposed to my studies, unfortunately. So the studies made it seem like it was very um, symptom-based. Mm-hmm. And oh yes, it is to quell a pain or an ache or to stop this symptom. 
And I don't know, it, it didn't sit well. I, I went to school, um, he graduated a year after me with Dr. James Chestnut. So oh, you can yeah. imagine like I'm, I'm in school when there's this incredible voice who's advocating for the term subluxation. And I felt very strongly about this too, but we were sort of being muted in that way. <clears throat> Pardon me, even 20 years ago, you know, or 25 years ago when I started, right? Yeah. So I feel, I feel sad that that was sort of the, the route that, that the school basically took at the time. Mm-hmm. And I understand it's not really much better today. In fact, it's probably a little more accentuated in that way, unfortunately. And mm-hmm. so I feel that, you know, we didn't get shown like real chiropractic. I hate to say that when I was in school and it's yeah. not until, and thank God, I mean, you do love all these extracurricular things like DE and like, you know, different ICPA things. Yeah. And I did that right when I was in school. And that's, I think that saved me to be very honest. Like I got out really understanding what chi- true chiropractic is. And then going into two associateships prior to opening our practice that were very, very princ- with principled chiropractors. So I, I was very fortunate to have that, those experiences beforehand. That's cool. So like when yes. you're in school, you really tried to go and, and, and get exposed to as many different things as you could. Hey, We had to, like we really had to, it was mm-hmm. lacking. I hate to say that there were, you know, whenever we'd have, a guest lecture, like, you know, in, in the actual pediatric section of a class, right. There actually was a pediatric section. Like I remember Dr. Liz Peacock, like coming in, that was like a thrill. She, she really got me hooked into pediatric chiropractic. Mm. She's the, the person that did it for me first. And then followed by a whole bunch of other mentors after that. But I remember here, I still remember that class. This is like 25 years ago. And it was like, Oh my God, this is what I've been waiting to hear stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. Really cool. That's cool. So, so you, um, was it, was in school in any kind of, besides like, like Liz was a good example, but was there any other people that were kind of pivotal, uh, mentors for you during school years? Well, I'm going to say that it's kind of a funny answer, but some students really did it for us, you know, like, like, like Dr. James Chestnut being one of them. But I remember we had a club at CMCC called friends in chiropractic. Mm-hmm. And another one that really did it for me was Dr. John Demartini. So I remember yes. he was like a guest lecturer and like, again, this was very foreign for our school to have the message that he was delivering to all the students that belonged or attended this event. Right. And I remember like being at one of those events going, wow, this is, this is, this is the stuff that I personally, I was craving. Like, I'm like, oh, how come, why isn't this part of the core? You know, right. this is like something I have to get outside core curriculum, mm-hmm. but we got it, which is really great. That's cool. Cause there's yeah. a lot of students that are listening to this podcast too. Yeah, I know. Like, that's amazing. I love and, that you do that. <laughs> and so, uh, and so, yeah, so that, that's, and it's always been, um, you know, most recommendations from people saying, you know, like get out, expose yourself to as many different speakers and mentors and stuff as possible. And also a great example, you said your mentors were fellow students, right? So mm-hmm. if you are that's a student. Great you can be a mentor, like just, you know, absolutely. You know, like initiate, I know that, um, doctors Shaylin Osborne and Dr. Danella Whitaker, my classmates were very pivotal in forming what was called the pediatric club at our school. So that was like, that was amazing. You know, like thinking that, Oh wow. Like our peers are actually starting these things within the school because it was lacking. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so they were in a sense, my mentors too, you know, like it was awesome. 
Yeah. Well, and I say this, even in this time in chiropractic around the world right now, it's, it just shows that everybody can be a, a, a leader, right? Okay. Everybody can do their part. And sometimes as a chiropractor, you know, if you come out and you're, you're, you're nervous because you're not accepted by mainstream medicine, you have tons of student loans, you're kind of, you know, you feel like that underdog. And, and then you think maybe someone's going to help us or someone's going to come and save us, but they're not. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's Truth coming. Told, right? Yeah. yeah and we, no one's we, coming. We need to do it. Or we need to do it ourselves. So that's, that's a really good example of even a student. As a student, like, what can I do? They, they can do 100%. It. And they just took action. You know, it was, it was inspiring as my peers, like, to watch them do that. It was, it was awesome, actually. It's mm -hmm. really great. So you graduate in 1999. Mm -hmm. Party Lake is 1999. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so you said you started with a couple of associate positions. And, and how did I did. How did that go? Because uh, you said it was a really good experience and helped you got you really kind of dipped into chiropractic. Philosophy. Oh yeah, it, it was great. So when I first um, graduated, so <laughs> my husband um, Jason and I, like he's in a, he's a chiropractor, he's in my class. So I gotta say, we, when we do things, we tend to do things like all at once and really big. And yeah. like we people say, we have to have our heads lobotomized to do everything at the same time, <laughs> like we do. Like when it rains, it really pours in our household. It's awesome. So we got <laughs> married. <laughs> Sorry, we graduated. Yeah. wrote our board exams, got married, moved to Ottawa and started in new associateship practices all in 1999 and all within about a four month period. So wow. crazy town, right? Like, but we did it. And yeah. my first associateship was with a very principled doctor, chiropractor. Um, mm -hmm. It was just him and I. So it was kind of nice. It was a male and a female situation. The only issue there was, I'm not going to go into super detail because it's, it's just things that, you know, I've, I've grown from and learned from and gotten stronger from and yeah. developed a thicker skin from, right? But for all the students out there <laughs> that are listening, right? Yeah. We're really green when we graduate, right? And we're, I mean, I can speak for myself, but I know this probably applies to a large majority. We just want to work, right? Like you, you're excited. You're, I, I interviewed a few offices before moving to Ottawa and I, live, I was living in Toronto at the time. So a lot of back and forth until I could find, you know, what seemed like a great fit. Yeah. And you, you just have to be <laughs> really advocating for what you originally wanted. Okay. Like, so I tended to cave on a couple of issues um, okay. with this associate position, the first one. Yeah. And while it started out really like rainbows and unicorns and like, it was so good. Right. Yeah. As we were going into our relationship, um, it was actually a situation where amendments kept being made and it's like, Oh, you now have to pay for this. You have, I had to get my own phone line within the same center that I practiced in. Right. I had to pay for my own staff when my hour. So a lot of the yeah. looking back, like hindsight, right. Yeah. Looking back, it wasn't the ideal agreement in place, but it was the ideal office because he was extremely principled. There were pictures of BJ Palmer all yeah. over his office. So I knew when I walked in, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get, dipped into the chiropractic amen right like you could see it and while it started out as i said it was a really great relationship that way it didn't end up as a great relationship unfortunately mm -hmm. so i had to you know really break away from this agreement and it wasn't a peaceful breakaway i hate to say that yeah. and it really i mean i actually uttered these words to jason a few nights in a row near the end of this relationship with the chiropractor i said I think I have to just change professions. Like it really turned me off the whole thing. It was brutal. Like, you know, your, your, yeah. your face is like, what? Like, cause yeah. it, like really like knowing me now I'm so into this and I'm so passionate about what I do and what I'm blessed to do. Like, I can't believe I uttered those words, but I did, I'm going to tell the truth. Right. Oh, yeah. So I, I said that and I said, 
you know, I said, I think I just have to go to school and figure something else out. And then Jason, amazing, my rock was like, babe, 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 chiropractic chose you. We're just, we're just having a little bit of a challenge, but you're, you're exactly in the profession that you're supposed to be in. And those words were great because it, you know, it allowed me to go, yeah, what was I How could I have that moment of crazy weakness? Right. But I did. I'm human. And the next associateship, so this one led right into the next one. The next one was an incredible experience that lasted almost four years. So it was, it was awesome. And this time with a female and her name was Dr. Deborah Dunlop. She's still practicing. She was an incredible mentor. So large pediatric practice and prenatal practice. It's exactly what I wanted. And it was like modeling after her was like, that was a pivotal experience in my career for sure. Mm. And then leading into opening our own practice. So after having five years of experience with associates, um, we opened our own practice and that, that has been amazing. That's cool. And so um, did you guys um, buy a building or just rent a spot or when you guys open? We lease a space. Yep. So this is our, let's see in September. Yeah. This past September, it was 14 years that we've been in this location Uh, and yeah, we lease the space and we, but we've expanded over the years. So that's been kind of exciting. So we started out on the main floor. It's a row house, like a professional row house. So there are three levels, right? So we, we've always had the main floor, but we now also occupy the entire lower level as well. So that, that was gradual over time, which was amazing. So we have, you know, like a fitness studio downstairs. We've got like all of our massage therapists and acupuncturists downstairs. We have naturopathy and chiropractic upstairs, nutrition. Um, it's great. Like it's, it's quite a cool little place because it's like an all a one stop sort of for all of your healthcare, natural healthcare needs. So we love that's, it. That's cool. Okay, so you open up your practice now. You probably had a few people come from your associate position right to your new place to start, or did you start oh, right yes. from zero? They're still yeah. with me. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. they're still with us, which is great. Totally. So in the beginning, um, especially with like the associateship or in your new practice, what did you do at the very beginning when you started from zero? or from like to get your name out there. Yeah, for sure. So I love public speaking. I love it. I've always loved it. I, I love it (laughs) like my dad. (laughs) So he was very, he was an amazing orator and he spoke really, like he wrote really well. He spoke really well. I think I get it from him. I have to. And so, and I feel that every time I speak in front of people, I feel like I'm channeling my dad. It's kind of cool actually. And um, so I did a lot of outside talks. Oh my God. I did trade shows. I did lunch and learns. I did things inside my practice. So with the very first associateship that started out okay, didn't end out so hot. Um, every week we would do like a health class, right? So we would explain what chiropractic really is, what the body really is, how it works, the brain, that kind of thing was, it was ahead of its time. I feel like he, he was doing it. And when he hired me, the associate, he kind of passed it off to me and I, I was only too thrilled. I'm like brand new and you know, like all, all excited. I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. I'll, I'll do it. I, I got it. And so that was like weekly. Um, I did everything. Like I tried to get myself out there as much as possible. Um, even partnering with, with, you know, like just organizations, like I, I love kids, right. And I want to help a lot of kids. Yeah. So I had a lot of connections with two obstetricians, like the midwives, doulas, like lactation consultants. I still maintain those contacts and they, they refer to me all the time, like still to this day. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so you set uh-huh. yourself up as that person to go to, and mm-hmm. I'm honored to be that person. I love doing that. And so still to this day, like we have those amazing relationships that, you know, foster that incredible like knowledge where people are like, oh yeah, you, 
your baby was just born? Oh yeah. Bring them over to Dr. Sab, like get a checkup. Like, so that's really important for all the students listening. You do have to go out and, and I mean, your, your lovely wife, Brandy uses this word all the time. It's the grind. You got to get out there. Yeah. It's not optional. It's not like, okay, I'm going to sit here and hope for the best. Right. It's well, you, well, you know what? You could do that. You could do that. You could, but, but you're not going to see a lot of results. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Bad news, but <laughs> it's still the old fashioned. Like you want to see some success, you got to do and put in the work. Yeah. It's really that simple. Right. So it's getting exposure and getting out there. I would do like, I remember there was like, um, in the first, the, sorry, the second associateship I was in. So it never ended. Right. I'm not thinking, Oh, I've been in an associateship for 18 months. Now I can stop doing all my, all my Promotion, stuff, right? 100%. Right. I did more actually. So like, I, I know there was this lovely, it was like almost like in a little village when I was with Dr. Dunlop and across the street from us, there was like this very cute little grocery store, like not a big, you know, like some independent. Yeah. And I remember going in there and talking to the manager. This was awesome. And I'd be like, would you be okay if I just had your cashiers like stuff the grocery bags with like a little, little mini bio and a little promotion, like, you know, if you present this, you'll have a consultation with me for 15 minutes, whatever. Oh yeah. They were like, for sure. Like we, and she had been across from them for a few years and they didn't even know about this chiropractic clinic that was right across. So I'm going, Oh, we got to change that. <laughs> right. So like, yeah. yeah, just getting out there is so important. Oh my God. It's so important. Absolutely. Now, now for some, cause I know we work with a lot of chiropractors too, and, and a lot of them do want to do more talks. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of recommendations would you have for them on how to uh, go about finding places to talk or, or starting a conversation? Like ask your patients, mm -hmm. literally. So we have, um, we're in the capital, as you mentioned in Ottawa, right? So we happen to have um, a lot of like federal workers, for the government, we've got like, you know, city workers for the government. And what's great is we do have a lot of patients um, in our office that come from both of those sectors, right? And, and a couple of buildings are literally right across the street from us. So, you know, a, a few times, like I've had, you know, guys, women, whoever come over and then I'm like, do you guys think you'd be interested in like a lunch, lunch and learn? Like, you know, one day and you're they're like, oh yeah, you know what? I'm going to talk to the person that's in charge. And sure enough, like we'd get a hookup, right? Yeah. And it's making those connections too, right? So like when I'm out and about, I'm, <laughs> I'm one of those chiropractors, right? So yeah. like, I'll, I'll just say, oh, who's your chiropractor? Like, and they'll, sometimes I get the, oh, I have one and I applaud them for that. And sometimes I'll get, oh, I'm, I've been really blessed. I'm good. My back is good. I'm like, yeah, that's not, you know, and then we'll get <laughs> I into I love that. I don't need one. Yeah. Yeah, I, you don't need one because you don't have a spine. You're like an invertebrate, like seriously, like, nice. <laughs> right? Like crazy, right? It's totally nuts. So, like, you, I would suggest, like, to doctors out there, use your patients. You've got resources every day that you're interacting with and caring for, and they have more connections than you know. It's really quite amazing. We got really well connected with um, a trade show that comes to Ottawa called the Baby Show. Okay. And so the first time we, we got the booth, it was just like, you know, I called like everybody else would. And, but when I got to the booth to set it up, you know, I met the person that I was dealing with via email and now I could put a face to the name. His name was Nick. And I'm like, so Nick, you know, I was kind of joking, but not really. I'm like, so next year you're going to hook us up, right? Like I want the same kind of booth. And I also want a speaking engagement next year. You're good. He goes, yeah, you know what? I'm going to email you a little sooner next year and we'll set that up. And I was a speaker. Like, you know what I mean? So you have to be like, you have to <laughs> put yourself. a great idea. I never thought of that. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah, I want the booth. Not only that, I usually secure the same rate as the year before. I'm one of those people. And yeah. then I'm like, um, yeah, and this year, Nick, I want to do a talk, right? And he's like, oh yeah, no problem. And then another time, like, I mean, he actually granted us exclusivity. So no other chiropractors at the show except for Livewell. 
Oh, cool. Unbelievable. I'm not worried about it, but he was, yeah. he offered it and I'm going, okay, <laughs> like sounds good. They're all going to yeah. come just to our booth. Sounds awesome. And sometimes there's other chiropractors and that is fine too, because you know what? We have a lot of people to serve and I wish our clinic could do it all, but we can't. And I welcome other chiropractors to be at the shows to help us do that because mm-hmm. it's, we're under, like it's underserved as a profession, right? Like we're not, we don't see the people we should be seeing. Now, do you still do promotional stuff? Do you guys still do it on, uh, do it fairly regularly to get out there and do talks? I would say not as much. I'm going to be very honest. Like that, that momentum has kind of gone down. However, inside the clinic, I've recently ramped it up again. So I'm just like, yeah, I love it. I actually love like doing like a talk or something for our patients live and they love it too. And they've requested it. So I've started that up again. So that's been really exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I think just overall, we don't do them as much. We do a lot of internal promotion, right? So for example, yeah. when we do our relating of findings, okay? So with, so, so an ROI, like a report, I guess, for some other doctors yeah. in the technology, okay? So we call it yeah. a relating of findings. Yeah. We always offer um, the new patient that we're presenting findings to what we call the family gift of health certificate. And that mm-hmm. enables someone they love, a friend, a coworker, whatever, whoever, it doesn't matter. Find someone special to give this to as a complimentary, complete assessment from A to Z. Scans, posture, range of motion, whatever. And it's on us. And, and everyone, like I'm going to say we have 100% return on this. Everyone that gets one gives it to someone. And then we get another new patient come in, yeah. try out chiropractic, and then usually be blown away and go, holy cow, how come I didn't know about this before? Right. We also do like, we're currently at the end tomorrow actually marks the end of our Valentine's promotion. So every Valentine's day we do one of these where you can like a patient can give a certificate to a loved one or to a friend again for the same sort of thing. So not necessarily waiting for a relating of findings to get that anyone can get one this month. It's been amazing. Actually, lots of new patients come from that, which is amazing. Well, and that's the the thing that we find is that when you're first in practice, you do got to put a lot of the energy on the external. Totally. Because you have nobody in your doors. Exactly. But, when, but once you have, like, and a lot of chiropractors don't realize the resource they have already. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that story, Acres of Diamonds, um, where, you know, the, the farmer left to look for diamonds and they found diamonds on his farm. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you're like, sometimes it's just right in front of you, right? I so, know. We don't utilize the resources. Like, so when you were asking me before, Don, you know, about how do we go about, you know, making those talks happen? You've got resources right in your office that you see and care for every day right? Like, so, so enjoy that relationship and ask questions. Like, don't be shy. I used to be, I will admit this, you know, I used to be like, when I started out in practice, holy, if I think of myself 20 years ago to Dr. Sab today, oh, big difference. I don't (laughs) care about the like me factor. I'm not like, I'm not here to like, okay, well, it's just a little bit bad. Don't worry. No, no. I I like shoot it out. Like it's bad actually. (laughs) Sometimes like I hear myself after I say something and I'm like, holy shit, I just said that out loud. Like that's woo. That's amazing. But you know what? Patients love it. Like they're just like, no one talks to us like, like this. And I'm like, I know because what I'm doing is like verbally, hopefully sort of politely smacking you upside the head a little bit because no one else is doing it. They're coddling you and going, oh yes, here continue to drown, but I'll throw Advil at you. You know, like that doesn't make any sense. Right. It's funny because right. everyone, and again, especially in chiropractic, everyone's so afraid of what they call the scare care, which right. again, you can, you can, you can go overboard, but we, we sure. that, find that place. Right? We call that the care care, the care care, not right? scare care, the care Absolutely. care. Because you Absolutely. just want to tell the truth, tell the, yeah. the damn truth. And then thank you. you. Tell the truth. That's exactly it. Right. So it's just Absolutely. like, <laughs> now as we get off that, we're going on our high horse. Um, <laughs> 
So the next phase is, is, and I know you've had, you had kind of, uh, we talked to a lot of chiropractors who deal with burnout or a health issue or an injury or something like that and, and trying to navigate the waters um, through that. And I know you've, you had a health issue um, in, in practice. I wonder Good. if you could just go into that story and, and let us all know how you dealt with that. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So, and it's, it's, it's awesome, Don, that you're asking me um, now, like, I, I guess, you know, in the last couple of years, I'm okay with this question because I couldn't really talk about it before. So I know a lot of people, you know, that are going through things and I, I applaud them. Usually we'll post it, you know, on some platform of social media to get prayers and synergy, like to really well, have well wishes coming this person's way. I couldn't even do that. Like Jason wanted to do it. I'm like, don't do it. I'm, I'm not, I can't, we're not divulging this. Like my patients didn't even really know. So in 2011, um, I started having some really strange, strange symptoms that started out, um, mostly gastrointestinal symptoms, but they weren't like, so I'm, I'm a pretty healthy, very healthy person, more so now thanks to this experience. I'll get into that. But I was, I was pretty healthy at that time too. This is like, you know, eight years ago. And it didn't make sense to me that this was not resolving. You know, it just kind of persisted and it was kind of cyclical. It was really weird. And I thought, huh, that's, this doesn't seem like Sabrina. And I remember we were planning to have um, a family portrait done of all of Jason, my husband's family. So it's a really nice big group. God bless us all. And, uh, the day of the picture, I remember I was nursing my then almost three-year-old Harlow, my youngest. And I didn't, I was about to go into practice right after that. And I told Jason, I said, you know, I just have to lie down for a minute. I feel a little faint. Maybe I didn't sleep well, all these excuses, whatever. And I laid down and the minute I laid down, I felt like electric shocks, like going down my arms, my legs. And then my heart just started to race. Like probably, I think when the ER, like the, pardon me, the ambulance got here, I was I think it was 186 beats a minute for no reason. Like it was just like random. So I, I was wow. quite concerned. And I actually at the time thought I was going to die because I thought it was a heart attack, but it yes. didn't make sense to me that I was having a heart attack. So I got taken to the hospital right away. Um, and you know, they were like, no, her heart is beating rapidly, but regularly. So that's good. Yeah. But we don't know why it's doing that. So right away, you know, what, what is the solution on that end? They're trying to bring my symptoms down. Right. Well, right. That didn't feel very good though. Like it felt like it was going against my body, which just sounds weird. Like you think I would want my heart to be reduced. So I had about probably four times in that same week that I had to be rushed uh, by ambulance to the ER. And the last visit, this was actually really crazy. (laughs) The last visit, um, I was supposed to be fit for a heart monitor. So this is like, you know, four or five days after the first incident. Here I am going, preparing to go to the hospital. And I wake up in the morning and this is the, probably the scariest experience I've ever had in my life. This particular um, event that I'll, I'll describe. I, I sat up in my bed and then I was just sobbing and like, Jason, my husband's like, what's, what's wrong? And I'm like, well, it's kind of scary and I don't know how to tell you, but I'm trying to stand up and I'm giving that command to my lower extremities, but it's not happening. <laughs> so he came over and he was like, what do you mean? I said, well, come take a look. Like, so he just really lifted my legs up as if they were just made of jello. And I, it was very scary. Like that, that moment, I think I understood something very wrong is happening inside my body. So I, I was taken to the hospital for the fitting of the monitor, but I was wheeled in with a wheelchair because I couldn't walk. And, you know, when the heart monitor department sort of saw that they were like, you know what, why don't you go to the ER? Cause this is a little concerning and we'll fit you with the stuff after. Don't worry. Right. 
So I go to the ER. This is the visit I think that did it for me as far as how I was going to go about beating what this was, which it ended up being Lyme disease, right? And the doctor that finally saw me that day, I'm sitting in a wheelchair. My poor husband has to go out of the hospital now to go get my three kids that are all somewhere to be picked up. It was pretty stressful on everybody. Yeah. And so he's like, I'll be back. But you know, like, tell me what happens when the doctor comes. So he comes in the doctor and he's wearing, I'm not joking. It was like a scene out of Breaking Bad. He's wearing like a hazmat suit, fully gowned and masked and gloved and like the whole suit. I'm like, holy, what is going on here? And then he goes, so Sabrina, this is your fourth time at the ER this week. You probably have a virus. You're going to have to let it run its course. Do not come back to the ER. I was like, so then he just left. Like he wasn't like, are you okay? Like nothing. He just took off. Okay. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, I start to bawl and I'm all alone because Jason hasn't returned yet. And that's when it really hit me. I was like, it's going to be up to me. Like this, there's, (laughs) it's going to be up to me and my support, obviously my amazing family and friends to get rid of whatever this is. I didn't even know at this point what it was. So it's going to be, listen to James Chestnut's teachings, right? The food, chiropractic number one, then the food, clean that up, movement if I can, sleep, mindset. Like I got to, I have to address all those areas in turn and get this all cleaned up and worked up. Otherwise I'm not going to survive. So that was a huge moment right there. And as we went on for about like I said, about 16 months back and forth. So this is a very humbling experience because I, as a doctor, right, was now the patient. So I had to be passaged around as I'm sure all of our patients have been. It's a horrible, horrible experience from specialist to specialist, to specialist, doctor to doctor to doctor, jumping through all the hoops they wanted me to jump through to get no answers. Like, I'm not even joking. Like they were just like, well, everything's fine. I'm like, well, funny. Cause I don't feel fine. So I don't <laughs> think you're tapping into whatever this is. Right. And it's not until, um, I met with, um, a naturopath in Ottawa and her name is Maroon Matheson and she specializes in Lyme. Oh. And she's very good friends with my naturopath at our clinic. And my, my naturopath, I should give her credit, Dr. Jesse Pierce, was in the interim, like trying to give me things like homeopathics or herbs or something to just quell some of the way that I was feeling because it was really awful. And so she said, you know what, you should go see Marie. And I did. And we did a blood test that has to be, well, it's the only, the only place to have it done or analyzed is in California. So it's 800 bucks a pop. I did it. I I didn't care. I just wanted to find out what this was. And sure enough, the test came back positive as Lyme disease with two co-infections, which is very common scenario. Um, One called Bartonella, one called Babesia. So it explained the chills that I'd have or, or like the rash that would appear in my body and then go away. Like it was really, it was just weird. Very, very weird. A lot of neurological signs. I had three MRIs that year on my brain, my spinal cord. Like it was quite an experience. And then when I met with her, you know, she was like, what are your goals? I appreciated that question because I said, well, you know who I am. I'm not going to be taking antibiotics for 22 months. That's the allopathic method to deal with this. And it's not actually effective. So I'm not going to do anything that's not effective and toxic to me. So she said, well, watch this. Okay. If there's anyone in this world that's going to be able to beat this naturally, it's going to be you. Because here you are like, like, tough, tough, tough. And not only that, I know we're working with a really great constitution to begin with. Let's do this. I said, okay. So I got adjusted about, I don't know, five or six times a day. Whenever it would strike me, whenever I felt off, I'm like, really convenient being married to a chiropractor in this instance. Yeah, totally. Yeah. (laughs) joke. It's funny. As an aside, we joke with people and say the only reason we married each other is because we're both chiropractors. Like so convenient to have that, right? That's the first question. If they say no, you're like, sorry, it's not going to (laughs) work. That's it. So I really upped, like, you know, the chiropractic was increased. My diet was 
it was pretty clean before. It was like immaculate going forward because I didn't want any making the environment inhospitable to these little buggers was my yeah. goal and my mission, right? I'm like, yeah. you are not going to thrive in this body. No way. Cause I'm not done. I'm not dying. I'm not leaving yet. Not done by a long shot. So the diet, I couldn't really do exercise. That's the one piece that took a really long time to add back into my life. So in fact, when I was cleared of Lyme in 2013, that's when I hired a personal trainer. So at the end of 2013, November, around November, um, he really helped me so much. Jonathan Gordon is his name. He helped me a ton. I was with him for two and a half years. And once I, you know, I was in my routine and I'm a very disciplined person. So I, I've trained on my own for the last, like probably three or four on my own yeah. and hard. Like, I mean, I kick my own butt. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, but that was pivotal because that was the piece I was missing. I could feel it, right? Like there's this one last little thing and that was the thing. And then of course, like keeping, this was the most difficult thing to keep strong because anytime symptoms would be very random in this particular disease. And that's actually a fact, like it, it mimics so many other diseases, right? I had like differentials of MS, a spinal cord tumor, a brain tumor, really scary dif differential diagnoses, right? And so to keep this, <laughs> my brain in check, was a daily challenge. I, I did everything under the sun and I continue to do it. So tapping, meditation, deep breathing, like, oh my God, I did, you name it, I did it, yoga, like I did everything you could imagine. And it was everything that I could do to keep my brain and my mindset and my, my thought processes in check. And that, that is such a powerful, you know this so well done in what we do, right? It's such yeah. a powerful element in overall health and healing, right? So if you think you're dying, you're right. If you think you're thriving, you're right. So I really worked very hard on that aspect and thank God <laughs> I've been great ever since. Cause people ask me often when they hear the story, Oh, so you're in remission. That's a bullshit term for me. Remission means it's going to come back. Totally. I beat, I beat this thing fair and square and it's not going to come back. So I'm not in remission. I've totally vanquished this thing. Right. And so, and again, you didn't have any special potions, lotions. Uh, you just did it through like what we know. Hard exactly. Or like how many months, how long did it take you to, um, to get rid of it? Yeah. So diagnosis occurred in, um, 2012. Like it would have been, yeah, it would have been like in about 12 or 13 months it was over. Mm. So, and I see patients in my practice, they, they come and scope me out because I've had this experience and they themselves have Lyme or chronic Lyme. Yeah. And they, they're like, I don't understand how you're better and we're not better. I'm like, well, here's the thing. You have to do all those things. Yeah. all the time. It's not like, oh, I'm going to come and get adjusted like once every two weeks. <laughs> it's a very neurological type of disease, right? Yeah. So how important is it that we keep brain and body through the brain and through the nervous system in check regularly? Like I, I told them I was getting adjusted like five or six times a day, never mind once every two weeks, right? Yeah, and yeah. the nutrition, they, they sometimes will let that kind of go by the wayside. I'm like, you don't understand how important that is. Right. Everything thrives on sugar and, and all your choices, every single choice matters in this thing, especially in your life in general, but especially when you're not well, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to be vigilant. You've got to be like so committed. This is the only thing you can see. That was my state. So anytime things were offered to me that I knew were not supposed to be taken in by me, I would yeah. say no. I'm like, nope, thank you though. Yeah. It was really <laughs> simple because yeah. And I think that goes back to the point when you said you get kind of right to the point, because like, if yep. you have something like this, you have to get right to the point. You can't, 
you can't screw around and go like, well, Aww, it's like yeah. a workout where you got five days on and a cheat day and then blah, blah. you have like seven days on and no cheat days and do There's that. There's no cheat days. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's no, no, no messing around. That's serious. Right. You can't mess around. It's well, it is serious. Cause when I was re and this is the worst thing you can do when you have a, a sickness or a disease, right. Is go on the internet. <laughs> so yeah. I did that unfortunately. And I'm reading all these scary, scary forums where you know, like heart attack is actually very common because the Lyme organism called Borrelia burgdorferi is like a spiral shaped organism. And it kind of embeds itself, especially in brain tissue and cardiac tissue, right? So those two were my biggest fear. And those two were my biggest areas of symptoms, right? So tachycardia for the heart, yeah. uh, missing a beat sometimes. And then the brain, I honestly felt, I've never felt like this before in my life. I felt like my head and body were disconnected. Like it was a floaty sort of weird sensation. Wow. And I don't, I don't like that. I don't ever want to feel that again. I want to know that I'm connected. Yeah. And I know the chiropractic really helped ground all of that again. Absolutely. No, no, this is just for someone that might not have limes, but like how, but be injured or sick. Like, how did you do with practice? Like, Oh my God. So thank God my husband is, I mean, we, we own the practice together, right? Yeah. So he, I mean, because this is a very cyclical, um, a disease that rather brings about cyclical symptoms. Okay. Like you can, I could have like a really, really bad week or two and then have a week where I'm like, holy, like, like I feel like I'm not even sick and I would get hopeful during those weeks. Yeah. And then only to find that, wham, we're going right back down. So that was really difficult to, because it, again, it's the anticipation. I don't know when it's going to really hit, sort of right. do, but not yeah. always. And I don't know how it's going to start, right? right. Yeah. And so my husband was amazingly, I mean, so supportive. He filled in for me a few times and the patients would be like, oh, where's Dr. Sab? You know, he'd be like, oh yeah, she's not feeling so good today. Or she has a bit of a cold. We lied. She, I mean, I'm going to be honest. She have a spa day. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think that was one of them because we were running out of reasons, right? Like it's like, right. oh, she's sick again because she's never sick. And I'm known for that, right? And it's like, how come she's having some absences now, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's not until all of this came out, like once we um, wrote a chapter in one of Gilles Lamarche's books, yeah. um, you know, that, that I really divulged some of what happened to me. P- patients that read it were like, oh my God, we had no idea. I'm like, I know that was, that was my fault. I, I just didn't share it. And maybe that was a mistake. But I was just really scared. I really, really I think, I think it's tough, though, when you go through something like that the first time. Because a lot of people, like, for, and mine wasn't near as bad as you, but, like, I told, tore up all the cartilage in my knee yeah. uh, eight years ago. And I couldn't even, like, walk on it for without limping for a year. And nobody totally. knew about it, right? But I don't think it, it's probably not our practice members. We're there for them anyway. Exactly. So it's not like we're going to bleed all over them and say what's going on. But, <laughs> Absolutely. but there's, there's somewhere between pretending nothing happens and... Um, complaining all the time, like somewhere. I, I see that now. I do. And I, and I would have, I'll be honest, like in, in the state that I was in um, for, you know, a lot of that almost two year and about, yeah, a little bit over two year period. Um, I think I would have loved to have that, that love and that feeling of support, not, not like just to feed my ego, but just not to just know sympathy, that, but like support, right, yeah, totally. right. You know, but, but that's okay. Live and learn. Right. But then what's great about it. I have patients ask me all the time. Like now that, now that they know they're like, you know, if you could go back and change that experience, would you change it? Like, would you take it away? And absolutely not. I know it was horrible during, I will not even sugarcoat that one. It was gross. It was an awful experience. Right. But it made me who I am today for sure. A much even better doctor because now I am, I've been through that whole machine, right? That whole 
being in the system machine. I know exactly what that's like now when patients are like, oh, I'm waiting for an MRI or I'm going to go see the infectious disease specialist. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> been there, done that. Don't ever want to do it again. Yeah, but I yeah. hear you, right? I, I'm yeah. so much more empathetic now when I hear things like that and see things like that. So I, no, I would never trade it. Um, it also really cleaned up my entire lifestyle even more because I, I was on a mission to beat this thing, right? And get healthy and back to my vibrant, true self. Mm-hmm. So it did, it seemed the thing, it did it for my family as well. My, my kids like eat the way that I've eaten for the last eight years because of what happened to me. Totally. And then yes, you, be, a, you become awesome. a stronger leader in your practice because oh God, yes. like, you're, you're the authentic leader who says, don't do what I say, do what I do. Right. Because yeah. And they, learn, they right? have tremendous, like what, what the feedback is that comes back is like, you know, they have respect that I don't just like talk it. I walk it. Like, I'm not just saying I, how could I say go and do something or be something if I'm not doing or being that exact thing that would, that would not, resonate at all. And it's not, not only that, I would feel probably pits in my stomach every day because it wouldn't right. be congruent, right? Totally. Like, so you have to walk your talk and, and, and be very congruent in front of those amazing people that we care for because they're watching mm-hmm. and they see, like they're not blind. They can see if you're yeah. vibrant, you look vibrant, right? If well, you're healthy, you look healthy. And I always laugh because once you have practice members that you've seen for a long time, there's often I'll just come to the table and I'll be like, what's wrong? They <laughs> haven't even said anything. Like you can tell. <laughs> Because people have that energy signature. Even the energy, absolutely. And then they're absolutely. like, how do you know? And I'm like, because I know. I know what your normal energy is, and I know it's not good right this now. This is different, yep. <laughs> Love that. That's amazing. Yeah, they must really cool. appreciate that when you when you can pick that up. Do you know what I mean? Because like, yeah. I know. I know exactly what you mean. All, we have like a little pocket door between our adjustment rooms, and as soon as I walk in, you can yeah. you get you either get hit by a wall, yeah. or you walk in, you're like, okay, yeah, it's Bill, yay, yeah, 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 <laughs> or you go, oh, it's Bill. What what is happening today? Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, how do you know exactly, right? We're all in. The, and just and just to know and, and just the the feeling of someone else knowing and being able to catch on that really quick is is totally is awesome. So I like it that really part. Is. But next next phase, um, I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, Brandy's book because oh, um, so awesome. <laughs> because you're a huge component to this even happening because uh, Brandy has always had people say hey what are you gonna do a book with your with your Facebook post <laughs> and, uh, and then and then maybe just tell the listeners a little bit why because you're the one who reached out to us and said that you'd help us out with that and so maybe just kind of tell us why, why that thought even came to your mind for sure because okay so first I'll just say that Brandy has an amazing way with words she just does. Like it is, she is, I often will hashtag a lot of funny things on her posts when I'm commenting. But one of my favorite ones is master of communication because she, or brandy bomb. Like she just drops it down, man. And it's like "Mm," in your face. Right. And and it's not like rude, but it's just such an eloquent way for anybody, whether you're a professional, a lay person, whoever you are to understand the concepts that she's trying to get across. So what I would do is every time she would post um, these incredibly insightful pieces, I would copy them, <laughs> email them to myself. So now I have this like compilation of like hundreds of her posts and I would utilize them, right? As I shared with you guys yeah. for our, um, every two weeks we team train, right? Our team at the practice. And we'd always end on a brandyism, like some sort of post. And then we would talk about it. And I'd say, like, I want you to, I want you guys to take out your pens and write this down. I, I would copy it for them, but I'm like, I want you to write it down. I want you to like have that 
that learning moment by writing because I believe and, and that, that language will write into your yeah, nervous system. Let it imprint yeah. in your nervous system in your brain. Mm -hmm. And I would say just just listen to the words because it does matter. Okay, like listen to the choice of words that Brandy is using to get this point across about how the brain is at the helm of what we're changing every time we perform an adjustment. Yes, segmentally, we're touching the spinal bone, imparting more movement, but really what you're doing is affecting the brain and changing the brain. Right. So they, they were often, always, I'm going to replace that word, always like blown away because they were like, wow, that's such a great way of putting it. I'm like, I know we, like I, as the chiropractor, I can't tell you how many times a day I catch myself saying something that I got from one of Brandy's posts because it's the perfect way to state it. Yeah. So upon doing that over and over and over again, I remember reaching out to you guys <laughs> and I remember like just saying like, how do we make this happen? How, cause this has to be a tool that is utilized by teams, chiropractors and CAs alike, where it just, it just adds so much value for training and understanding and communication and all those wonderful things. And that's really how this got initiated. I'm like, I want to hold a book in my hand <laughs> with all of her amazing thoughts because every office should have this. Patients would benefit from it. I know it's designed for teams, but I'm going to tell you, patients would understand this 100%. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. So that's really how, the, how this all got started. And then you, you said, you know, if you're really serious about, you know, helping we would love your help. And I, I was like, Oh my God, this is actually going to happen. This is awesome. <laughs> and then, so like and, only, then, and I knew it only is going to happen if we had someone help us because like, we're too busy to do well, it. I know. And I, and I totally understand that. Right. Like, and so, but it was honestly like you could, you can ask any one of my family members I'm sitting in our dining room right now. This is like my office. It's whatever it is, my laptops here. And like every day, there'd be little parts of the day where I'm here and like my little one or my, my son or my middle one would come down and they're like, you working on Brandy? I'm like, yes, I'm working on Brandy. And they knew. And it was like such an accomplishment. Like we all celebrated like the day that I finally sent it all off to you guys. I'm yeah. like, oh my God. Like that means it's that much closer to becoming a reality. So Absolutely. excited for, for this to happen. And I'm, and I'm so like honored to have been part of it. And I, Brandy just needs to be heard by the world. Like I'm very passionate about that mission. So I'm really happy. This is a definite first step in that direction. She's totally awesome. That's so good. And of course you got to, you wrote the foreword to the book. So we really want to thank I'm you honored that. by so, that. Thank you for so, that. So that'll be coming out. So um, I don't know exactly when it'll be coming out, but whenever you listen to this podcast, it will be available on Amazon and, so Noble and all that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> awesome, and awesome. it's be called in it. And you, you came up with the title of it. I love the title. How, how did you come up with the title of it? Cause that was awesome. Thank you. Um, you know what? It's just that I loved, I love Brandy's name and I'm like, that has to be part of it. And sipping Brandy in my mind is something very casual where you're like in front of a fireplace. I love, I never even said that part and you guys did that. So that was awesome. And it's like, it just, it feels like it's like, Oh, we're going to have a chat with, uh, with Brandy right now. And we're going to casually sit by the fireplace and like, she's going to impart her wisdom upon us. That's, that's where this comes from. And I, and I wanted a little bit of a play on, on in, play on words with her name. Yeah, yeah. kind of worked out and I'm glad you guys liked it. <laughs> that was awesome. We were just like, yeah. we knew right when we heard it, we're like, done. It's done. <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. So I just want to thank you very much again for helping us out with that because um, oh. I, I know that that's going to, it's going to be huge impactful. And the nice thing is that's a legacy piece. So it'll be out in the world forever after oh it gets published gosh. and that'll be pretty cool. It's my absolute pleasure. And thank you for letting me part of, be part of it. It was awesome. That's cool. So I got to ask my Terminator question. 
because we're getting close <laughs> to the end. All right. And you get to fly back into time to when you're in chiropractic school or in your teens or something, and you can be kind of a mother figure to yourself. What kind of advice would you give to yourself? Always tell the truth. Mm. Because like I said in the beginning of practice, right, it's about, oh, acceptance and fear of rejection. That is bullshit. And I, and I hope all the students that are listening today, mm-hmm. I know that sometimes those are rites of passage, right? It's with experience and with age that we learn that. Mm-hmm. But I try, to, I try to tell, I'm even telling my kids, like I know going through adolescence can be a little bit of a difficult time. We've all been through it, right? Yeah. But I always tell my son, you know, he's going to be 17. And I, I've always told him, I'm like, no one cares. I'm like, no one cares. You think people are looking at you or you, you need to look a certain way. No one cares. Everyone is so involved with their own little world of things. Yeah. No one's looking at you. No one's caring about you. And the truth will always prevail, especially in our day and age with what's happening now with a lot of amazing topics and issues. Yeah. Always tell the truth and tell it as loud as you can. That's what I would tell myself. Don't ever let that waver. Don't ever let that waver. Tell the truth. Awesome. So in closing, what would you like to leave our listeners with? We always, we got the underdog nation out there where people, you know, they might feel a little burnt out or a little challenged <laughs> or just looking for a little inspiration. What, what would you like to leave? We've got a couple thousand chiropractors from all over the world that will be listening to this podcast. What, what kind of parting words would you like to leave them with? Okay. Well, I think what I'll, what I'll say is this, Kate, I feel blessed to do something every single day that I'm in my office that I'm truly passionate about. And For those chiropractors out there that feel like maybe that's dwindling a little bit, it might be time to seek outside inspiration, influence, going to a talk, a conference. Like don't don't get dry in that area. I find that happens to a lot of our peers. Like even my peers that are still only in practice for about 20 years, you know, I tell them we're going to life vision and they're like, what's that? I'm like, well, it's only like a really large chiropractic conference offered by Life University. So that's something I think you should know about, right? So I think keeping it fresh is really important to keep that passion in you alive. And you know what? For all those DCs out there that feel the burnout or the fatigue, make sure you're scheduling some hard playtime as well. You can work really hard, but you should play really hard too. Mm-hmm. Those holidays and vacations and getaways not only help you reset and recharge, but also keep that passion intact because sometimes the burnout is equated with like, Oh, I'm just, I don't care about this anymore, but it just might be that you just need a little bit of a refresher, right? Like whether it's a holiday or a conference or whatever. So I'm saying, try to try to make sure that you now I'm going to rephrase, always make sure that you maintain that passion because people are depending on us to serve to the best of our abilities for them. Right. So we can't be good for them if we don't show up every day like this, like really, <laughs> let's, do, let's do this, right? Like on fire, absolutely, absolutely. Whatever that means for you to get into that state, it's critical that you do so because we, we really do have to show up now more than ever, especially in the way the world is going. Mm-hmm. Super ready to serve and passionate and loving and caring and also always telling the truth to them too. Don't tell them what they want to hear, tell them what they need to hear. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your wisdom and helping My us pleasure. out with the book. We really appreciate you. And, uh, and we can't wait to see you at the next seminar. And, and, <laughs> Thank and you so much, John. No problem. And all the people out there, like really telling the truth. I think that's the biggest, uh, the biggest lesson I got from, from this podcast. Awesome. And when, when you tell the truth and get jacked up and control your state, you can crush the curse. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you receive value from this episode, please take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite place to listen to podcasts. If you know a fellow chiropractor that could benefit from this message, please share it with them. Because it's my goal to provide you with great content, please contact me if you have any questions at drdonmcdonald.com or find me on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.